Hello, boxing fans around the world. Another exciting weekend of boxing after the knockout stoppage of Raleigh Romero by Tank Davis. Now, this is where the men get identified. We've got some pretty, pretty big fights. I think they're pretty good fights. I think they're worth your time. And again, I said June is stacked. It's certainly stacked. Let's get right into this. At the top of the hour, this is happening tomorrow out in Minneapolis at the Armory. The return of Stephen Fulton. Stephen Fulton's going to be fighting Daniel Roman. This is that super bantam weight. I have not followed either guy. I'm aware of Stephen Fulton as he's kind of getting hype and people have his name in their mouth and all that's all good. <laughs> Don't know too much about either guy. I'm being honest when I say this. Based on just hype and record and everything else, Stephen Fulton is expected to beat Daniel Roman fairly easily. Uh, Stephen Fulton's a younger guy. Stephen Fulton is, he's still undefeated, never been beaten. He doesn't have very much knockout power, but he seems to be this kind of up and coming guy. I wouldn't call him a star. I don't think that's fair. I think he's game and I think he'll have a good showing of himself. The undercard of that fight is going to be Calvin Henderson versus David Morrell. I know absolutely nothing about either guy myself. Uh, Calvin Henderson, um, he has a loss on record, but he seems to be a uh, like a strong guy. He seems to be one of those like tough. He's, he's based out of Texas, so he seems to be one of those potentially tough competitor types. That it's it's not necessarily that he's the super skilled boxer, but it seems like he's game. Seems like he's going to be there. Uh, David Morrell doesn't have a lot of fights on the books. He's a young guy. He's a southpaw, and he's got a he's like up and coming knockout artist type fighter is Dave Morrell. Once again, I know little about either guy. I've not followed them. I'm just going on the high levels of what I am aware of trying to see, okay, what would be my prediction on this one? And it's hard to say, I guess if I had to lean one way or the other, like for the uh, first one, like I said, I think Stephen Fulton is expected to blow the guy out. Calvin Henderson, Dave Morrell is that super middleweight for the WBA title. I would expect that David Morrell should get a highlight reel knockout. But uh, who knows? <laughs> we should we should see these based just on the numbers. But as time has told us in the past, sometimes guys just don't show up. And then we have to say, what the heck happened here? Going back to Stephen Fulton real quick. He has talked about going to featherweight. And apparently, and I, I didn't know this part, but apparently there is something in the books for a fight with Figueroa. I didn't, I wasn't aware of, okay, what does that mean? Is that a good fight? Is it worth it? So I looked a little bit deeper to try to kind of understand a little bit more about uh, Fulton. And I didn't have very much luck. I just know that he's been in the media, very strong, hot and heavy. So I'm not dismissing him because people are clearly aware of him. And his record seems to speak for itself in his quality of fight. And I don't see that he's ever been like completely dominated. It seems like potentially whatever happened in the fight against Brandon Figueroa might have gotten people thinking that Fulton's falling off. I don't know that. I'm saying that that might be one of the reasons uh, that he's saying, you know, I want to rematch on this one because I want to kind of clean that up, run that back. Maybe. I don't know. I'll follow Stephen Fulton a little bit more going forward. Because Super Bantam Weight, I think, is going to start getting heated here close. I just, it's one of those divisions I simply have not followed. 
So I will be changing that in the future going forward, just so that you know. The other fight is happening on, or the other event is happening on Sunday. Of course, this is Melbourne in the Marvel Stadium, and this is apparently a top rank booked fight. It's ESPN. And at the top, Devin Haney, the dreams, going against George CM Punk Cambosis. He's actually George Ferocious, but I call him CM Punk. Lightweight, and this is for the unification for Undisputed at Lightweight. The big story behind this fight, of course, is that Devin Haney holds what people refer to as an email belt. And it's a long story behind this. Ultimately, Devin Haney's belt is, it was kind of like an interim, but not quite interim, that he was granted because Lomachenko didn't want to fight him at the time. And then Lomachenko, of course, took a loss to Tiafimo, and then Tiafimo would take a loss to Cambosis. And then, unfortunately, the WBC and ESPN promoted the narrative that Cambosis is the undisputed champion, despite the fact that WBC themselves acknowledged that Haney's belt was not was a legitimate belt. So there's a lot of smoke. It's all about WBC and ESPN promoting the narrative around Cambosis off the win, period, and totally disrespecting Devin Haney. So this, I wouldn't call it a grudge match, but it's a very important fight for boxing because it's going to crown a true, undisputed, lightweight champion, which has been lacking for a long time thanks to mostly Lomachenko. There was a lot of issues with Devin Haney getting out to Australia and then the flight over to Australia. I think it's like an 18 hour flight and there's it jacks with your body. So there's a lot of concern. Some of the people in Devin's camp weren't able to make it out there. His dad initially was banned, but he got that freed up at the last minute. And there's a lot of issue. And just to be clear, the reason this all became such a problem is because so many of the people in Devin Haney's camp had criminal records of some kind. And then when you have criminal records, you're going to get stopped by customs and border because if you don't tell the truth when you do the passports and everything, they're going to catch it. They're going to find it when they do the background check. So what a lot of people do like idiots is they'll hide that, oh, I had this criminal record. I served jail time or whatever. It's worse for you when you do that. What you should do is just outright say, yes, I had this criminal record and it was this or I served time and it's disposed or whatever you should do. Just tell the truth so that it's not smoke that they find. When they find it, that's when you get blocked or detained. So like his cut man, Haney's cut man was detained at the border. And then Bill Haney initially was rejected and all of this stuff. And then Haney went out there later. He took his time getting the heck out there. And that messes with your body, jet lag and everything else. He only had, I think, a week to get trained up for the fight. So a lot of people are really concerned what's going to happen with Devin Haney. Devin Haney feels like he is energized enough that he's going to take this serious. When I looked at Cambosa, CM Punk, I'm watching the way he acts. And he's acting a lot like what Tiafimo was acting when Cambosa was about to fight Tiafimo. Cambosa has a notable quote. He told Tiafimo right to his face, these belts are your curse and you've changed and everything's jacked up with you. And now I see the same thing with Cambosis. It feels like he's changed. He's not the same demeanor. He still has kind of that trash talk swag, but it feels worse. It feels like he's kind of got a big head about it. And I don't know if that's going to play into the fight. I made the comment on this where it seems like anytime you get the vast majority of belts, you just don't show up in your next fights for whatever reason. That said, I acknowledge Cambosis. I like him as a fighter. I think he's very highly skilled as a fighter. I also recognize that Devin Haney is arguably the superior boxer, period, point blank. Everybody's calling out that Haney has no power. This is true. Even his past trainers have called out. He simply doesn't have power, but knockout is likely what he would need. I don't agree with that. 
we just saw Canelo drop a unanimous decision to Bavall on Canelo's home turf. So we know it's possible. The key is that Haney has to be that much better than Cambosis where there's no dispute that he is the better guy. He's got to go out there and prove it. If we look at Wilder Fury 2, Wilder Fury 2, ultimately Tyson Fury went out there and bullied Deontay Wilder because in the first fight when he tried to outbox him, it was labeled a draw when it really shouldn't have been. We can argue that Tyson Fury won that first fight because he was outboxing Wilder despite getting dropped. But Fury just got frustrated and said, okay, I'm just going to bully this guy and get a knockout. And then we got the, the third fight, and obviously we saw what happened there. With Haney, we know he's not going to get the knockout. He might get a knockdown, like a flash knockdown. I don't think he's going to be able to knock out Cambosis. But I do believe Devin Haney can outbox George Cambosis. I believe this firmly. He has to make it decisive. Like we're talking, if, if I'm putting analogies here, right? He's got to be the same way that Floyd was. I don't want to say Arturo Gatti because our Cambosis is arguably better than Gatti was. But he's got to be like Floyd when Floyd fought, let's say, Angel Manfredi, right? It's like Angel Manfredi was a pretty solid, tatted guy. And Floyd just went in there and boxed him strong and got it done. Floyd gets a stoppage. I don't think Haney's going to get a stoppage, but he's just got to completely outbox Cambosis and shut him down to where there's no way they can give him the thing. It might be like a close when it shouldn't have been close type of thing, but I believe Haney has enough to show the judges and show the world that he's just that much better than Cambosis. It's a good fight to have. The other thing I'll call out about Cambosis, the fight that everybody's doing a comparison to is when Cambosis fought Lee Selby, which he fought Lee Selby just before he fought Tiafimo. Many people, for whatever reason, felt like, no, this was not a, this was not a split decision outcome because that was the official outcome, was a split decision. The judges felt that Selby, at least on one card, did enough to make it a close fight. I never said at any time that Lee Selby was spectacular. I said that Lee Selby seemed to be able to expose certain gaps in the game where when we look at the, the performance, comparison of performance, we can see that there are stylistic things that were giving Cambosa some trouble. That's all. We, we saw that. We saw that for whatever reason, there's certain boxing styles that were giving Cambosa some issues. Cambosis was expected to knock Lee Selby completely out of the business, and that's not what happened. <laughs> like, I think, I think people are forgetting what really happened leading up to the fight, prior to the fight. The other thing I'll call out, Cambosis has trained and sparred heavily with Manny Pacquiao. You can see this in his style, in the way that he comes forward with those combos, in the way he fights off the back foot, in the way he tries to do kind of awkward angles and everything else. So, yes, there's that. However, it's you can try to do Manny's style all you care to, but when you're against somebody that's a superior boxer, I'm not sure that that's going to do him very much good. Because as with Manny, sometimes if you have a superior boxer, all the speed and combos in the world don't do you any good if you're not able to get out of the way of the punches or you get frustrated off the jabs. One of the things that I think it was Chris Mannix gave Tiafimo crap about when he fought Cambosis was Tiafimo was not actively using the jab to get in and then start doing work. The reason that Tiafimo wasn't heavily doing the jab is that he effectively couldn't because Cambosis' work rate was kind of upper level. Cambosis got dropped, though, by Tiafimo. Let's be honest. It wasn't that it was a complete blowout. Cambosis just beat Tio at his own game. I think that style favors Cambosis, the aggressor style, 
favors Cambosis. Haney is the polar opposite of an aggressor style. Haney is going to be heavily defensive. He's going to throw when he feels like he can land. He's going to be guarded with his shots. He's going to up his accuracy as much as he can. I think we are going to see some combos out of him. And I don't believe for one moment that he's going to be in significant, I'm talking significant trouble dealing with Cambosis because of the kind of guys he's been in there against. People called out Jojo Diaz. Jojo Diaz didn't do anything against Devin Haney. He was up with a high guard in the vast majority of that fight. Nothing. People called out Linares. Linares did wobble Devin Haney, that's sure. But other than that, it was a pretty much a blowout. Gamboa was a waste of a fight. It might as well have been a blowout. <laughs> Abdulalev, I stopped him. I just, to me, I see that Devin Haney is a special fighter. I see that he's got style brilliance. There's something in his game that he's able to adapt and step it up. Remember, Devin Haney has never gone to anything other than a stoppage or a unit or a knockout or a unanimous decision win. He's never gone to like a split where it's like, okay, questionable. People on NSB say, well, this fight over here should have been a split deep, deep because the, uh, the opponent might have landed one good punch or something. That's not the way it works in the scoring game. We have to just say, when you look at Devin Haney, he just has a pure boxing skill. I think that ob largely overcasts his lack of power. He's been able to compensate for his lacking of power. Tim Bradley said that Cambosis is fast, he's quick, he's got good hands, da, 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 and that's all true, and I understand that. But fast hand, as Amir Khan learned the hard way, fast hands only do you so much good. If you can't land anything, it's not really going to matter. I just personally feel, and I could get it wrong, but I feel that Devin Haney's going to be too much for Cambosis, even on home turf. I think you're going to see a brilliant boxing performance from the dream. And I suspect that either it goes to a draw when it shouldn't or Devin Haney gets his hand raised. Those are my theories. And I say that as a Cambosis fan, I just feel like Devin Haney is going to have too much for the guy from what I can tell. This is what I'm seeing. Hopefully I'm proven wrong. Hopefully Cambosis is able on his home turf, get it done clean as a whistle. No questions asked, no questions that need to be answered. Everything's all solid. I'm just from my eyes. It feels like this is Devin's time, from what I can tell. And I think a lot of that's going to be around which Cambosis shows up. Because if I'm right, and the belts truly are a curse, does he simply not show up, and he's not doing anything that he was doing against Tiafimo? That also plays in the factor. On the undercard in bantamweight action, we got Alston, excuse me, Aston, uh, Police versus Jason Maloney. I'm aware of Jason Maloney. I have not followed him very well. I know that Jason Maloney, both of these guys, they're regular fighters. They're not old, but they're a little bit up there a bit. Uh, you do have power punchers here. You've got two guys that are generally action power fighters. They do have losses, but most of the time their fights are pretty strong action packed. Maloney is the hometown guy. He's from Western South Wales. Palisite is from the Philippines. I think he's in Manny Pacquiao's deal too. So I think it'll be an exciting fight. Uh, Palace then versus Maloney. I think it'll be an exciting fight for however long it lasts. I suspect it'll be a knockout quick. I, I don't even want to try to predict that one. The return at heavyweight for WBA, Lucas Brown versus Junior Fa. I'm aware of both guys have not followed either one of them. I know that Junior Fa is regarded as kind of the up and comer ish, even though he's older. 
compared to Lucas Brown. Lucas Brown's much older. He Lucas Brown's older than me. And so I already know how he's feeling. Lucas Brown is, for whatever reason, Lucas Brown is one of those that's never been able to get it done. You know, he steps up and then he doesn't get it done when he steps up. But for however long he's in there, he's solid in how he lands and how he gets the knockouts and everything else. He's a dangerous fighter. He's the hometown guy from Perth. Uh, Junior Fod's course from New Zealand. Junior Fod doesn't have as much like power presence, knockout presence, but Junior Fod appears to me to be the better boxer. I suspect Junior Fod pulls this out if he can avoid the bombs from Lucas Brown and or if Lucas Brown is that much declined that he's not able to keep Fa from dusting him off. I don't, I, it might go the distance if Fa is able to outbox, but I think it's going to come down to that, that bomb from Brown is my guess on that one. Finally, a super flyweight, Andrew Maloney versus Alexander Espinoza. I am not, I'm aware of Andrew Maloney, have not followed him very heavily. I'm not aware of Espinoza. Espinoza, of course, is from Nicaragua. Maloney's a hometown guy from Australia. I know very, again, very little against about these guys. I think this one's probably going to be a stinker, is my guess. It's probably going to stink the joint out, just based on the, the past records, the numbers, and everything else. My theory is they're going to stink the joint out. Uh, I could have it wrong, but that's what it looks like from my eyes. So the big fights, of course, that I think are worth your time. Uh, Haney and Cambosis, I think, is definitely worth your time. I think Brown and Junior Fah is going to be a pretty good one. Uh, Palace, Palisite and Maloney should be a pretty good fight. Super Bantam, generally speaking, is a pretty good set of fights from what I can tell. And, of course, that's all on Sunday on ESPN. So we're going to, we're hopefully, not guaranteed, hopefully going to crown a new lightweight undisputed champion. And that should excite everybody, clean up the division. Then we get to see who's next. Tiafimo went to 140. Lomachenko's out fighting the war. That doesn't lead too many contenders. Raleigh Romero has already called out for somebody. Tank says he wants to contend. Tank is highly rated at one at the uh, lightweight division. So we'll have to see where we go from here. But that's our weekend of boxing. Very excited. I will definitely be checking out. Uh, this weekend's fights and probably do a follow-on coverage on Sunday, I'm guessing.